welcome to Your Property Podcast. Today is the 8th of September 2020 and my name is Michelle Kearns, your host for today. And with us we have got Morgan Roberts with us. Hi Morgan. Hi Michelle, are you okay? Very well, thank you. And it's great to see you. Um, it's been a while. So we met a couple of years ago at the start of my mastermind and it's we were both in full-time you know the job the jobs at the time and um looking to leave the jobs and get into full-time property and that's what we're going to be talking to you about today your journey from being uh, an employee and and working full-time and how you transitioned into property so um let's start at the beginning okay so before we get into the actual transition into property tell us a bit of background about yourself and were you always interested in property you know from a young age or was it in the family um i I couldn't really say i was always interested in property i always knew it was a sensible thing to do um you know mainly for like pension purposes or just a little um extra income i never thought i would sort of be full-time property investment and you know doing it like I said, as a full-time job. So I'd be lying if I said I always knew that. You know, I started from from, from school. I went to the steel industry at 16. Uh, so I did a modern apprenticeship. So I didn't have that university lifestyle. I just had that one day sort of further education and um, had the had the experience of being in the job, which was which was which was perfect really, because um, I wasn't getting myself into massive debt. I was earning quite good money. And um, I was still living at home. And that was my first sort of route into property. I, um, I was living at home. I, I was getting a fairly good income for my, for my wage. I was, didn't really have the time to spend it because I was working, working so much. And I mean, that was obviously the, the norm, isn't it, really? Go, go, to, go to school, go to university, if you like, get a good job. And um, you're onto a good, um, good route, if you like, which is, which is fine, which is the typical way. Um, my 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 first introduction then into property was my um my grandfather actually got into a little bit of financial difficulty he took um a secured loan out on his property and at first when when it this obviously went on for some time and when when i did find out about it i thought well you know he's been scammed somehow um i didn't really realize what what you could do in property and um you know when when i he eventually because he's a very proud man when he eventually like you know showed us the paperwork my, me and my dad my dad mentioned to me he said oh you know this is this could be a good opportunity for you to you know buy the house from my granddad and you know take on the debt and um you know alleviate his sort of financial difficulties and in worries and stuff like that because obviously the debt was um amounting up and um getting quite close to the the property value so me being me obviously it was a you know it was the right thing to do i was helping my grandfather out. i was getting onto the property ladder and that was just my basic knowledge of you know oh it's uh a little nest egg for my pension later on in life um you know obviously i had massive sentimental value i grew up as a child in, in that house and um you know so we don't we don't look at these things anymore but at the time it, it was a big thing for me so um i had a mortgage advisor that came over to the house i knew very little about property at the time and a couple of weeks later we'd um purchased this 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 house you know which was which was great fast forward then a couple of years when i sort of started to look into property a bit more and realized what i'd actually done at that time um, and then you hear about like you know money down deals and you know momentum investing and you know you can replace your income through property and i started to really take it a bit serious seriously i think that's when um, we sort of crossed paths um quite early really and um like you said i, I went through mastermind and um, that's when i started to take my property investment very seriously 
So um, it was, uh, yeah, I'd be lying if I said, you know, I always knew it was going to be my route from, from a young age, you know. But what was it about, so you, you know, you acquired your grandfather's property and then I suppose life carried on with the day job. What, what, what made the shift into, okay, I want to look into, into property in more depth. And because obviously the things that you're talking about are quite creative strategies the, from like the training program. So did you see an advert somewhere or, because uh, it's not mainstream is what I'm saying. Yeah, so it was mainly down to, you know, working in the steel industry is a very, very negative environment. It's not the, you know, the most secure job. So again, going down that typical route of getting a good income, getting a nice secure job, and I'll see you through to a pensionable age. Yeah, you know, it wasn't quite the case for me. I'd gone through, you know, even even my very first interview at sixteen, I asked the question. I said, you know, what happens if this if the steelworks close closes during my first four years of my apprenticeship? And they said. Um, Oh, you know, not to worry, we would have to do our best to find you, you know, another role that you could um, finish your apprenticeship. So that's all I've ever known, really, is the doom and gloom, threat of redundancies, job cuts and, you know, the very sort of um, turbulent steel market. And um, unfortunately, it's only going to go one way. So um, you sort of you sort of like ride the wave with it and you just think yeah i'll be fine and then all of a sudden then when you start talking to the older generation in the steelworks they're saying oh, i only need three years left and to get to retirement age and you're thinking well hang on a minute you know i'm 1920 here so i've got a good good few number of years obviously the pensionable age is getting pushed back all the time i'm thinking do you know what do i actually want to be doing this for one and is it actually a secure income uh, you know with the heavy industry what well, heavy engineering I would have to start traveling for work and so it was, it, it was a bit of a mindset shift and I was thinking actually there could be something else out, out here for me to do and it was just at the time uh, you know probably roughly after a year or two after I bought my grandfather's house and then I got to the remortgage stage you know and I was thinking well there's, there's definitely something in this property malarkey because I've stumbled across this I've helped my grandfather out because purely that was my my only intention really but actually it's worked quite well financially for me so that was the the, the light bulb moment i thought yeah right this is where i'm going to get into it and i'm going to get into it um you know properly um it was there was also another factor really as well so i moved i moved to um swansea so i, I was living in newport i moved i transferred with my job and i also moved um moved to swansea to be with um be with my partner and she her family are very quite entrepreneurial they've all got uh, family businesses so the, the topics around the d dining table were very very different to what I was used to so um, you know nobody was really interested in what machines I'd fix that day and you know the availability of the steel steel mill and stuff like that it was all about how much uh, how many Mars bars they've sold that day you know and like and I started to have a bit of like more confidence in in myself you know and I thought right actually and they gave me the confidence to say right well you know if you're going to do it like go for it you know there's, there's there's more to i don't say there's more to life than just having a job um you know they just get they they had a different view you know which is which is quite good so like my family um obviously are very different um so that that was it that was a, an important factor and when i transferred with my job i thought right okay this is an, this is again this is another fresh start the the plant that i transferred to was was quite secure compared to what i was um what i was used to and it was actually the 15th of March, I believe it was 2016, which was like quite a deciding factor for me. So I transferred 
um, as soon, like a couple of weeks in, they announced a thousand job cuts, a thousand redundancies. So I was like, oh, great, you know, here we go again. Uh, I was, um, so I was thinking last in, first out. Um, I didn't really have a full role as well. So I was, I was on a bit of a sort of, uh, that was the first time I really sort of felt threatened. Um, and it was the 15th of March. It was Lucy's birthday. It was actually the date that our, more, our residential mortgage was being agreed. And it was also the date I was finding out if I still had a job or not. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was like quite a stressful day to be honest. Um, all went well, all, you know, mortgage was approved, still had a job, which was like, you know, a bit of a, bit of a daunting thing. Obviously those two massive things in one day, you know, it could, could have really gone wrong. And Lucy liked the birthday present, which was, uh, which was obviously the most important thing, wasn't it? Um, no, so, I was driving home from work that day and the letter was on the, the passenger seat and I was thinking, yeah, I was like pretty chuffed to be honest because I was thinking that that went well. But within five minutes of the drive home, I started to think, well, what happens if that letter had said, no, you didn't have a job or, you know, it, it would have been a massive, massive change for me. And of course, uh, it, that was the deciding factor then. It was like, actually, no, I definitely need to do something else. And that was like, that was when I started. Um, I, was, I was introduced to PIN by, by a friend. Um, I actually won um, Property Magic Live. So that was my first sort of ever event that I went to. And that was a real sort of eye opener. And, and I was going from such a negative environment with the steel industry and it was doom and gloom. And I was speaking to all these successful investors and a complete different sort of um, attitude and, and mindset. And I was like, yeah, this is like, this is what I know I need to do now. Um, Again, it's perfect you won time. a ticket for the Property Magic Live, and then you joined the masterminds. And what was it between? How long was it between going to your first event and learning about all these different strategies to actually thinking, okay, you kind of want to get more serious here and commit into a twelve-month program because it's a big commitment. Huge. Yeah, yeah. So it was. It was again, like you know, when I when I reflect and look back, it's it's all about timing, really. So it was around that time where. I was remortgaging that first property. So I had a, a small pot of cash and, you know, automatically I was thinking, right, okay, you know, buy another buy to let do that needs a bit of work, you know, a couple, couple of years time, then I can refinance, you know, the, the, the traditional way really, you didn't really know any, any different, but obviously at that time I was learning about HMOs. I was learning about all these different acquisition tools that you can start using, uh, working with other people. And also as well, it was again around about the time when I was moving to Swansea. So all of a sudden I was driving through Swansea, I was seeing these big, lovely properties with um, to let signs out constantly. And I was thinking, right, okay, what are these things? You know? So again, it was all perfect timing for me. So that's, that was the deciding factor really. I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this properly. Um, so that's when I took the, the big decision and to invest my money myself rather than, you know, into a next property. And probably that's all I would have had to show for it, you know? So um, that was that was a deciding factor. It wasn't easy decision, but um, yeah, that that was it. It was all down to timing. So at the start of the your mentorship, the mastermind program, you had just your grandfather's property and your own home. And what happened during that first year? So I spent all my money on masterminds, you know. So I, I knew quite quickly that I didn't didn't have any sort of capital available. The only the only other thing that I could sort of look into was my pension. So the good thing that came out of the steel industry, again, talk about timing. Um, you know, the the company were trying to buy us out of our pension scheme. So um, it was like a hot topic at the time. 
Um, so our, our transfer values, you know, trebled overnight, in, in fact. So again, you talk about timing. I was learning about SAS pensions and, you know, looking to transfer mine out and perfect timing again. Sort of the pension part had gone from, you know, well, like I said, trebled overnight because they wanted to, they wanted to get rid. Um, but I knew from, from the off, I was quite clear. So obviously you go through accelerator where they teach you the, the, the different strategies and stuff like that. But I, I knew from the off that I wanted to get into the HMO market. The, the reason being is obviously I was looking to replace my income and doing it through the HMO sort of strategy, if you like. I'm not saying it's the quickest way to do it, but you know, you certainly need the least amount of deals to get there. But the main thing for me was actually when I, when I, got to Swansea and I started looking into the, the HMO market here I was looking right okay the, the standard's terrible I still felt young enough that I would resonate with the students so I I, I was like they, they they deserve more they deserve better so I could see the gap in the market so it wasn't purely just a, a financial sort of decision it was what I would actually enjoy doing what I could see myself getting through you know dealing with dealing with students because i wanted to treat it as an apprenticeship again so i, I knew i wanted to be self-managing these properties i knew i had pretty much had to do that as well because um you know if i was going to be using acquisition tools like rent to rent and options um again self-management is is key but i wanted to do that because i wanted to learn from the process because when it when it comes to the time of outsourcing i'll know what to, i know what to expect and i know you know what you know how to do it myself if you know what i mean so it was a bit of a proving point to myself um you know wanted to work with students which raises a few eyebrows sometimes because um you know i don't, I don't know why people overlook students so much it's, it's a perfect market to be in um you, you've got to take the rough with this rule yeah it's not all about going to university to study is it sometimes it is a bit of party and it is a bit of um you know a lifestyle but that again that's where that's where i wanted to be in that's what that's what i wanted to sort of uh, that's the mark, target market really so what was your first deal and how did you find it? So I was quite, as everybody really, so uh, director vendor letters. Um, so I had a good success in that quite early on. I think it's got a, lot, a little bit more difficult now with the competition. Um, so my first deal was a six, it was um, a six bed HMO. So it was a licensed HMO existing. Um, I did it on a purchase lease option, but it was actually on the market at the time as well. But the, the vendor contacted me directly. Um, I did see it with the agent and I ended up doing a, an option on that. So that, that was, that was perfect. I, I actually managed to be able to self fund that as well. So again, proving the principle to myself, um, which, which I think was important. Um, and then when, when you start working with others, then you can also look back and say, well, actually I've, I've, I've done this deal. I've, I've, I've got this one over the line and this is how I've done it. I've done a, a refurb that came with it and stuff like that. Um, so that was my first initial deal. Um, I did a joint venture as well in my mastermind year, um, which is which has worked quite well. That that that's that's gone quite nicely. And I was very very focused just purely in the HMO market. Um, so I was very specific in my um, my marketing, if you like, and I was quite um, you know specific in my criteria as well because I knew I was going to be working with investors. I knew I had to get a certain return before. I would pocket anything as well. So um, that was quite important. So I was looking at the HMO market, any strategy, any acquisition tool then I could use to make the deal work, then I was open for it. So I think that helped because, you know, you don't really overlook anything then. So you, you can go into negotiations with, you know, your eyes open and not, not, not with an agenda trying to fit 
uh, strategy to you know trying to force a strategy on somebody that doesn't want to do that you, you're more listening to their situation and trying to solve their situation so i think that was quite important so how many deals did you need to get in order to replace your income so i didn't do many deals in the first year they all sort of um started falling into place you know come to the second year really and it got to the stage where I'd had a quite a few, um, I think it was three rent-to-rents, um, one option, I'd agreed another option, and obviously the JV purchase. Um, but the issue I had is I was recycling the, the cash flow or the funds straight into the next deal. So, you know, you could end up with 20, 20 nice, nicely cash flow in HMO properties, but you haven't actually replaced your income. So I think, I think this doesn't get talked about enough, to be honest, is like, you actually, you've got to take stock, and then you've got to think, right, at, at some point, the sort of the, you know, something's got to give, and it was quite an easy decision for me. But you've you've got to stop, and you've got to think, right? Okay, actually, I'm going to use this income now to replace my income. And it's almost a case of then you starting again. So you're either you're either sort of happy and content, and think, right? Okay, actually, I, I got to where I want to go. Um, and I've achieved what I wanted to do. But um, it, it was a case of you know, I'm I'm going again now with this um, this year and trying to acquire some some more properties and looking at other sort of uh, ventures and um strategies and stuff like that so i would have probably said it, it did take me five or six deals but again it was just taking stock and just thinking actually now is the time for me to do it yeah it was five or six deals when you stopped and then it was at the point where you left your left the job or yeah or so, did that just replace your income and then you carried on so i was i was there or thereabouts to be honest with um with my income and I'm, I'm a bit of a steady plodder. I'm a methodical thinker. So I'm not trying to like, you know, break any sprint records or anything like that. So I, I was in the purely of the mindset of, you know, people talk about 12 months or six months replacing your income. And I was thinking, look, if I do it in five years, like that's, an, that's a massive achievement yeah. in the, yeah. the, the norms and the realities of it, considering when I was, I was looking at 67, you know, retiring from the steel industry. Um, yeah, so it did get a bit messy in work towards the end. They they did they did do their best to try and sack me actually. So it was a bit of um bit of, that was that was an eye opener. And to be honest, again, when, when you get into the mindset of so so the big thing for me was obviously, you know, I was valuing my time more and more. So the opportunities were coming up for overtime, and I was thinking, look, you know, my time is better spent working on my business and my weekends and my evenings are very precious to me because uh you know coming home from work i was very very disciplined with my time um so when, when the overtime opportunities come up so it's also a double-edged sword as well so if you're thinking right actually i can generate more bit, bit more cash then to put into my business but also that's not good if i've got the time to do it so i think that was like they could they could see my head had been turned if you like and i wasn't the sort of the toe the line employee that you know 30 years down the line and basically i had had a bit of a gut salt to be honest um in such a negative environment to be in um so yeah my head had been turned completely um my grandfather actually fell ill as well so again you talk about timing um i i'd have enough i'd had enough of work at this point my grandfather had fallen quite ill so i was back and forth newport looking looking trying to spend as much time as possible with him and yeah, it just, you know, working so hard for two years straight on a full-time job and also trying to build a business, it sort of takes its toll. Um, yeah, so they, they did their best to try and fall, like literally sack me. They did their best. And you, you know, when you're in that mindset of actually, 
and again it's about leveling up i always see myself as leveling up each time and i was like do you know what? i've never had a investigation i've not been arrested before i've not had a sort of you know an interview or anything on those, on those lines so i thought do you know what? bring it on like bring, I, this is a challenge to me i've not been in this situation before and um it was it was like i almost want to say it was good fun because i was looking at the worst case scenario i was thinking right okay if they do sack me like i'm there or thereabouts anyway with my property sort of portfolio like what's the worst case scenario like they probably pushed a little bit sooner than i than i felt comfortable with um so i just treated it as a bit of a challenge and you know i fought them and um basically won won my case won my disciplinary which was absolutely absurd anyway um at the final heard on me i had so I, I sort of kept quiet all through it and um i and then soon after that i sort of changed roles because obviously I, I wasn't happy in the team i was in and that bought me a few more months and um i left i left on my own terms then really after that because you know yeah. once you might once once you've been through that and you've got to try and work with with people and you know it's very very difficult um so i'd probably say i probably left a little bit earlier than than i was comfortable with but again that's not such a bad thing there's, there's never a perfect time for sort of anything if you could cherry pick something it's like you know it's not normally worth doing then because the challenge of it the, the financial stress as well that comes with it obviously that pushes you as well so i think in you know in hindsight it's coming up to the 16th of september would be a year since since i left so um so what was yeah, that like yeah. then so you you made a decision to leave you had your final day and then can you remember your first day of being full-time and thinking right okay now what <laughs> how did you go how did you structure your time because everyone you know there's this idea of okay uh, it'd be great to just have like all this time to do the property and i don't know about other people but i i really struggled in the beginning because i thought great i've got so much time i'm gonna get so much done but it was really difficult to structure the days and to just really get the most out of them because every task just expanded to the time that i had and then I, you know, it was just you've got obviously got to motivate yourself completely <laughs> every day. So, how did that work for you? Honestly, like I can't agree more with what you're saying. It was very, very difficult, and everybody sees it as like, yeah, you know, financial freedom, if you like, and it's like jet skis and sort of everything, everything you could ever dream of. I actually went. Was it the biggest anticlimax ever? <laughs> honestly, it was. I, I tell you what, because it happened all so quickly towards the end as well. I went home to like Lucy wasn't Lucy wasn't in the house when I got home. I honestly didn't know what to do with myself because it was like <laughs> I just retired basically the way you the way you see it, and it was like yeah. I sat under the dishes like because I was like so nervous and I was like I didn't know didn't know what to do with myself. But like you said, the the the, the week then that that comes it is a case of yeah you, you sort of do treat it a bit like a luxury because i was so disciplined when i was in the full-time job i knew if i didn't get that task done i would have to wait probably two three days to get the opportunity yeah. to, to do it again so um i i then realized i i obviously i had a bit of a property portfolio together um but that's when i that's when i took on the decision then to start you know I, i've always had mentors i've always had training um, you know, in some capacity. So I, I, I knew from that point then I, right, I needed structure. I needed a routine. I, I needed to keep, keep that sort of discipline that I put on myself. 
Um, so that's when I took on um, like a business mentor and so I moved um, downhill on the property entrepreneur which has been absolutely unreal and I mean it was a case of I knew I had a property portfolio but I wanted to create that into a business and I wanted to sort of start systemizing it and get it um, sustainable really so then I could then I could go on and scale then in the future so I knew I could take stock I had I had sort of you know enough income coming in that you know I could pay all my bills and I was happy days but I would have to make some sort of cutbacks and stuff somewhere along the line which is cool you know like a little bit of um you know you don't want to be comfortable do you? I don't think you should ever really be truly comfortable because that's when you do sort of you know maybe maybe get a bit lazy you don't you don't have that drive drive then to go to go forward so um that's what I've truly focused then on on it on this past year is turning my property portfolio into um into a business you know so it hasn't been so what changes have you made then so again it wasn't it wasn't chasing deals it wasn't looking for you know trying to trying to do any massive growth so that's a bit that's a bit different to what i was sort of used to so i was always chasing and i was like looking for the next deal looking for the next deal so it was actually quite nice um so one thing that we sort of i, I took on a va which again saves a bit sort of you know i would have more time um being full-time in, in property but you, you start realizing what you don't enjoy and what you're not quite good at and um so I, i've taken on a va now who's been fantastic so we we fully set up like so i've always had sort of systems in place but they've all been quite manual processes so we've set up um arthur now to have a one-stop shop basically where the, this, the business is built around a system or a crm if you like and and that's just taken so long so it's such a such an incredible amount of time and effort um but now we're starting to see the rewards of that um like september time student check-ins is just normally a nightmare you know it's just like absolute chaos but this year it's actually been quite relaxed and quite chill um i shouldn't say chill that's a bit that's a bit extreme um but a lot more sort of yeah like i said organized you know so like trying to be strategic with everything that you do and it's just sort of uh, be prepared basically so um the crm has ha- helped massively with that and also when we start looking at we start looking at um i bought a bookkeeper in and I, I you know i've been working on monthly sort of p l's with with my bookkeeper and then when you start making you know reviewing and then being proactive on your numbers then you can start making business decisions then if you like and um that's made a massive difference because then you can kind of see what per- properties are really performing like and um you know you can go back to your initial figures and see see like true reflection of where you are and i mean like it's it's just having that just having that proactive sort of mindset to say right okay well actually like we can we can niche into here this has worked really really well and so um, when you say business decisions um what exact qualities are your uh your portfolio and your numbers and APIs and things I mean what is that giving you what what different decisions in the business is it so be- so being more it's not like I said it's not all about number not numbers um deals units and an amount of property it's actually getting the ones that you have that are cash flowing correctly and I mean once you start breaking it down and looking into the detail of it and I mean like people people are turning those up for a four bed HMO but they're the best they're the best deals that I've got you know so actually is it worth looking more into these and how these mm-hmm. perform yeah. and then you know being more strategic with marketing and like you then you can start being 
you know, like I said, very strategic. It all comes down to that, really. So actually, you know, I'm not really interested in an 11 bed HMO, 13 bed HMO. Like, give me some of these four beds, you know. So it's again, it's like you you can be you can just be a bit more niche with it if you like. Um, yeah. And another thing that I sort of realised again, maybe going off the business topic slightly, but from a property point of view, is what I was quite what I didn't enjoy and what I was where my weaknesses were and um, quite surprisingly to me I didn't enjoy the refurb side of things so coming from an engineering background you would have thought like well I would have thought that you know I would have quite enjoy that and I'd probably be quite good at it um, you know managing a project and stuff like that but honestly I, that's <laughs> been like my biggest struggle ever dealing with tradesmen dealing with sort of the the refurb when you've got to make um you know quick decisions and stuff like that and um I've, I've really have struggled with that luckily as well so again over the past past few years but certainly the past year my now business partner matthew he's a project manager by trade so i was in the steel industry he was a project manager by trade sort of the same kind of path throughout i went into hmos he went into service accommodation and um we've done a few I call them mini JVs, but like basically joint ventures on rent to rent because organically as well, and it's just sort of happened nicely over the over the past few years, and we've enjoyed working together. So again, now this year, what we've what we've decided to do is like join forces and create a business together. So we've recently incorporated Colony Living, which again is a management company for HMO properties and serviced accommodation because different skill sets working together. You share that sort of workload. I can look at the business and the source and the deals and the numbers and the finance. And then I can let Matthew then run the projects, the things that he enjoys and he's good at. And I mean, like that has been massive because it's taken such a load off, off my mind to do the things that I'm, I enjoy and I'm quite good at. And again, the same for him. So again, it opens avenues up now in the future for commercial conversions because of his sort of extensive project management development background and new builds this that and the other way to be to be honest with you i probably wouldn't be confident enough to go in, go out and do that on my own so um it's, it's it's like obviously the learning curve has been massive um but it's realizing what you're not quite good at and what you don't quite enjoy on a property side of things so this year has been quite slow and steady but um probably the most important like i said so far so what do you what's next then so you've kind of it feels like you've you've had this growth stage and then now it's in the consolidation stage where the last year you've been really doubling down on everything and getting clarity about your strategy and where you're at and what you're good good at and what you can eliminate and delegate and all those kind of things so what's next from here then so it, it definitely opens up a lot more avenues than just the hmo market i mean that's what we know, that's what we're good at, and that's what we sort of um, had some success with. So we're certainly going to still be pursuing that within like 80% of our sort of um, our time and our vision going forward in the immediate future. But as you know, the, the, you know, the flavor of the month at the moment is commercial conversions. I mean, we have, we have had some opportunities we've looked at and, you know, the development side of things. So it, it depends really so we're gonna we're gonna sit and watch where the market's going we've got we've just agreed a new uh, purchase lease option on a, a six bed hmo we've just finished five apartments which you know again technically they they that is a hmo as well but we've um, 
Um, and it, it is just being able to diversify that portfolio slowly over time. I mean, we're not trying to I have to and um, you know I, I, I organize my diary now so I'm not saying it's all sort of doom and gloom of getting into the first year of full-time property like it's still massively worth it trust me um, you know being in charge of your own calendar getting up when you want to get up you know scheduling the things that are important to you um, you know work weekends if you want to don't work weekends you know it's, it's entirely on your on your basis which is like that's so powerful like nobody can really ever take that away from you now as well so yeah that you know the financial freedom side of things is is cool yeah so um but it's all about that choice and it's all about that flexibility that comes with it so when you say about scheduling your time what does that look like now now that you kind of you've been in this routine for past year and going forward what how do you how do you schedule your day how do you decide what to prioritize do you have sort of rules like for example, I don't know, do admin in the morning or speak to have conversations in the afternoon with, with people or how does that work? Or is it just day by day? See what No, see, so what I tend to do is I'll do a, a planned week on a Sunday. So again, this is from Property Entrepreneur, but it's not sort of rocket science, you know, we call it Sunday sanity, where we sit on a Sunday and do top ten tasks. So you want to set yourself up to uh, to um, succeed as well. So, like, this is where you build momentum. It's like you pick ten tasks then that you can schedule into your diary at whatever time suits you. You know, you you start realizing as well where you're most productive in the day. And um, you know, I've got I want to say I've got a lovely routine now, but like my routine is built around going to the gym and getting my sort of my workouts in and then I'll, I'll know because I'm, I'm up early doing that I know I've got like a three-hour window before the day gets too busy so like it can you can use that as prime time so right okay in my top 10 tasks then for that Sunday I can pick you know for one example off the top of my head what I've done recently is um, you know revaluation so we've had a revaluation go through on one of our HMOs so I put a uh, revaluation pack together, you know, a valuation report. So 
I can do that. I can tick that off on a Monday then because I know I've got that that gym session. Then I've got that three hour window where everything's still quite calm and quiet, and my phone's off, and I don't get any disruptions. And then I'm I'm away doing that. And it's not it's not so much of like I'm not taking phone calls at this time. It is just basically based on those ten tasks. And when you review it, then the following Sunday, I mean that's when you start to see progression. And I mean like if you do that every week, um. You know, you, you get in, you get in somewhere in, in life, eh? you know. So it's all that compound effect. Then it's like, actually, this week I've done eight really big juicy tasks that have built my business forward. Um, you know, some of them took took place more time as well. But then when you come to the next one, then it's like then it's really what you're doing. I think everybody's different. Um, yeah, so Sunday planning these, understandably. Okay. Um, how do you decide what is going to that top 10? Are they just sort of tasks or are they uh, business growth tasks? Are they, you know, just emergency things that need doing? So with, um, with this year, you sit and do sort of a business plan for the year and they're all sort of shaped around that. So you know, it would be silly for me to start running a massive marketing campaign if I'm not trying to grow and take on, you know, new property deals, this, that, and the other. Whereas, actually, my, it's like, it's kind of organic, really, when you think about it, because, like, I knew this year I dedicated to building a property business rather than a property portfolio. So, my first ever employee if you like which is quite a quite a daunting task i never had to do that before so um it's it's almost a case of like organically it happens so you've got the overall plan and picture and goal in your mind of where you want to get to in in, in a year's time so it's sort of shaped around that and obviously live things come up um and so it's all just about doing it taking it week by week um you know you've got a couple of couple of things that come up and you think right okay you've got to be quite reactive on that i don't like to be i don't really ever like to be reactive i don't like surprises which is um you know my girlfriend reminds me of that quite often uh <laughs> she, she doesn't think i'm very spontaneous at all but um you know it is just basically being i want to say disciplined with with your time and with your week and like like i said there's no sort of strict structure way to do it if you know what i mean it is just like those live tasks that that do come up and you think right okay i'll schedule that in for next wednesday because i know i've got two hour window where i can do it and i can do it properly rather rather than trying to be reactive to something coming in there and then um so yeah it's like it's over the year you sort of you vision it in your head and where you want to get to and you, you sort of plan your weeks around that then right well wish you all the best it's a good place to wrap up it's, uh, it sounds like you've been doing really well and really pleased for you and, um, you. looks like you're kind of achieving your goals you're on track 
and exciting times ahead. Yeah, it is, you know, so I'm, I'm massively, massively excited about Colony Living and, um, you know, what we've got going on there, our apartments that we've just sort of finished. They, you know, with Matthew's help, they're a level above anything that I've even seen, let alone what I could probably do on my own. So it is a very, very exciting time. I think we've got, like, quite a few angles covered between us, which is quite nice. And like I said, the, the main thing for me is about just having fun with it. So, you know, treat it like a game. Uh, it, it is good fun, you've got to have fun at, at whatever you do, so um, yeah, I'm massively excited, so thank you very much, and thank you for having me on, I really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure, you know, to meet you, a lot of people, you know, say it's just the unknown, isn't it, what does that look like, and that people will take that leap of faith, but it sounds like you've really, I suppose, done it the sensible route, you could, you know, some people might say you've, the job going you've kept that income coming in whilst you're looking at the portfolio on the side as well so um great where can people find out more about you and what you're up to and uh, business so you can get me on instagram morgan property um you know i'm quite active on instagram on social media platforms facebook as well uh like i said you can follow colony living to see our developments and um what's happening on their Instagram. So yeah, anybody got any questions or would like me to sort of, you know, go further into, you know, the transition and stuff like that. Cause I understand it is difficult juggling the full-time, full-time role and pushing property massively, but you know, just, just honestly stick at it because it's, it's well, well worth it. And um, you know, it's not a race. You're not competing with anybody else. You're on your own sort of your, your tasks, you're doing your own thing. And um, honestly, it's, it's massively rewarding when you get to when you get to it. So I don't want to be a negative Norman and put a down on everything. Like it's it is it is massively uh, massively worth the the stress, the hassle, the hard work, the disciplines that come with it. Um, yeah. So yeah, reach reach out to me on Instagram or anything like that, and I'd be happy to help anyone. Anyway. Cool. Thank you very much, Michelle. Right, take care. Bye bye.